Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, as always, with Marcus Parks. How are you doing? I'm good, Ben. How are you? I am good. Um, All right, so this is exciting. We get to do so many more of these shows because I'm no longer... um, Chained to a desk, <laughs> tethered to the teat of Fox News. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I've lost five pounds, Marcus. Oh, because you're not sitting at a desk all day anymore. I'm not sitting at a desk all day anymore, and I'm not eating chocolate-covered peanuts. I'm just eating regular peanuts because <laughs> bars don't have chocolate-covered peanuts. <laughs> I'm losing weight. Feeling good. So let's see. Uh, the last episode, we updated uh, Donald Trump's cabinet, and we do have one new addition. <laughs> and what a great addition it is. <laughs> Solely because it makes so much sense. I mean, why wouldn't Ben Carson, the surgeon, the brain surgeon Ben Carson, be in charge of housing and urban development? Why wouldn't he be? It makes all the sense in the world. I mean, he grew up in the project, so of course he's qualified to run every project in America. It's interesting because it's a managerial role. Yeah. I mean, these are are not, and this is something that uh, Ben Carson himself uh, professed not to be good at doing managing <laughs> uh, you know he's a surgeon he's he's the shooting guard yeah. of uh, of an nba basketball team he's certainly not the head coach so it really makes no sense other than the symbolic or the uh the physical uh, uh you know uh reality that he's black yeah he's only the he's the That's only it. black guy that trump knows so he's housing and urban development not only is he the only black guy that trump knows he also compared him to a child molester at one point did he really he compared ben carson to a child molester huh well, if you say Ben Carson five times in the mirror, you actually get a free brain surgery, <laughs> which is kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, saying that Ben Carson is qualified to run HUD because he grew up in the projects, that's like saying that I'm qualified to be Secretary of Agriculture because I grew up in the middle of a cotton field. Well, I do think that you are qualified to be Secretary of Agriculture. Why not? I'm not. My brother is. I'm not. You'd be great at it. <laughs> Plant a tree. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that. Put a tree there. <laughs> Maybe a bush. What else do you have to do? <laughs> Put a tree in it. So that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, Ben Carson, it's official. I know by that metric, uh, by, you know, uh, by that rationale, anybody who grew up in Brooklyn or Baltimore or any urban uh, city in the entire country is qualified to be uh, in charge of housing and urban development. It's a strange choice, to say the least. I think, I mean, you know, 
maybe uh, you know something with uh, you know Secretary of Health or something like that um, would would make sense. Surgeon for General, Surgeon General. Ben Carson should not be Surgeon General. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I it's do. possible. You know, at least that would make sense. He has that skill set. He knows how to do those sorts of things. Um, but anyway, so that's the new addition to the Trump uh, cabinet. He also had an interesting conversation this week that's angered people on the right and the left. I think slightly more people on the left. He met with uh, former vice president and failed presidential candidate Al the Boar Gore, <laughs> which is so exciting. Al the Boar Gore. But Al the <laughs> Al the Boar Gore. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a mythical creature. The Boar Gore. Albert the Boar Gore. <laughs> so he. We met with him to discuss climate change and uh, you know it's it's one of these moments where I think a lot of people who supported Donald Trump are realizing the rhetoric might not necessarily match the policy uh, that he's going to put forward in the future specifically when it comes to climate change at the end of the day uh, I think Donald Trump does have a realization that it is a uh, very plausible reality that Americans or uh, not Americans but humans in general have uh, increased and contributed to the uh, to the change in temperature all around the globe and I think he's beginning to uh, um, sort of pivot to that direction. It's very fascinating to see him pivot when he's the president because he never pivoted during the entire campaign. Absolutely not. And, you know, and that really what uh, he said in the campaign matches up a 2014 tweet that he uh, Uh posted. Give me clean, beautiful and healthy air. Not the same old climate change, global warming bullshit. I am tired of hearing this nonsense. Donald Trump is tired of hearing that nonsense. (laughs) Unless that nonsense is spewed by Al Gore right to his face. It is interesting to me that these people are so quick to just um, immediately show up whenever he calls them. You know, you wonder where the morality is there or where they're... um you, you, I mean, it is it is such a great indicator of the um, the theater of politics, and in uh, you know there there really isn't that much friction or that much hatred between these powerful elites. At the end of the day, they're sleeping in very nice Casper mattresses. <laughs> Perhaps we're not going to talk about mattress gate, but they're just they're very well to do. And the problems that face individuals all across the world, uh, specifically people who are uh, more impoverished, they don't really resonate with them on a day to day basis. No. So. It, at the end of the day, Donald Trump and Al Gore that have much more in common than they don't, and uh, it, you're, you're beginning to see it now on a on a on a, uh, on a larger scale because Donald Trump did run such an unbelievably divisive um, campaign, specifically against individuals on the left and specifically against people who were so pro. Uh, the idea that climate change is the most important issue facing the uh, the world today, and so for him to meet with Al Gore after he completely denounced everything that Al Gore has been about over the past 16 years is it's really interesting and for Al Gore to show up it's kind of fascinating well I think Al Gore is trying I think a lot of these people who are showing up are trying uh, to mitigate the damage that's to come because uh, Donald Trump's uh, EPA pick is going to be extremely harmful this is a couple of the uh, top picks that he's uh, putting forth one of them is Jeffrey Homestead who's a lead lawyer representing states and fossil fuel companies suing to overturn uh, climate change regulations another one uh, is General Scott Pruitt of Oklahoma who's been a key architect of that legal fight and Kathleen Hartnett White the director of a Texas think tank who served as a top environmental official under Rick Perry and George W. Bush who has denounced global warming alarmism and is called last year's International Paris Agreement on Climate Change a, quote, tragedy. Well, you know, there is a picture of me on social media. We went to Washington, D.C. to do a live last podcast on the left show, and I did give a thumbs down 
to the EPA. Yeah, you yelled at him on a Sunday. I yelled at the building <laughs> on a Sunday because I knew people weren't there. I don't want to yell at workers just trying to go do their job. But you could make a strong case that the EPA is nothing lo- uh, nothing more than an extension of uh, the government's tax machine. And they just go and they just get these industries. They basically shake them down like any other, you know, mafia would, um, you know. Uh, and, and so the EPA, it, 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 there is a lot of corruption involved in it. And of course... It's not as if a lot of people talk about uh, pollution as if the United States itself can curb it. Uh, it doesn't know, um, you know, uh, states' lines. It doesn't know uh, different uh, national sovereignty. It's pollution. It's all over the planet. I mean, the Chinese and, and developing nations like India, uh, those are the, those are the uh, you know, the, the countries that are contributing immense amounts of pollution all around the world. And so it sort of does seem to me a little bit nefarious when these businesses are or just extra taxed here in the United States, when in reality it's it's a global problem. The U.S. itself can't stop global warming. Well, we can slow it down. I mean, we How can. How do you slow it down? Not contributing to uh, the general pollution of the world. I mean, having some sort of regulations on yeah. uh, the environment, some sort of regulations on what these uh, companies can do. I mean, we can't we can't just jump off the bridge because everybody else is doing it. Well, you know what I would like to do? If I was president of the United States, I'd cork every cow. Because from what I understand, <laughs> Actually, it's mostly is, the cow toots. I mean, it's not just the cow toots, but the cow toots, uh, the methane does play a fairly uh, high role in uh, global warming, or at least uh, climate change. It's the ultimate cow's revenge. <laughs> We've been eating them for so many, so many years, yeah. and they're just every fart a cow's got a smile. Well, I mean, uh, speaking to the point of it being a global problem, uh, I'd think like Donald Trump is going to, to work against any sort of global accord to try to fight climate change. Uh, and I think whoever he has in charge is going to roll back any and all environmental protections on uh, the actual environment in America itself. It's only going to contribute more to, uh, I mean, it's going to contribute more to earthquakes due to fracking. Uh, it's going to contribute more to uh, general environments uh, and habitats being destroyed, uh, which, I mean, really habitats being destroyed and throwing the entire ecosystem out of whack in America, that's going to have actual consequences uh, for people. That's going to have actual consequences for farmers, for ranchers. I mean, when eco, I mean, I don't think people really realize uh, how fragile ecosystems in America are and how these things actually do have an effect on our day to day lives. I'm just saying, I don't think they've curbed pollution that much. I think they just, they just tax these industries that can already afford to be taxed um, when it comes to global warming and they just milk more money out of them. And you can say that that's okay as well because they should be punished uh, in some ways. I mean, if I was president, uh, you know, a very different uh, idea um, that's, I guess, very left. I would like to punish businesses for going fully automated, as we've seen now uh, with the the cover of the most reputable newspaper (laughs) in the history of the country, in the history of the world. The New York Post has a cover called The End of Jobs because Amazon's new supermarket is all going to be automated. It's all going to be robots and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different, you know. The human incentive. I mean, and that's that's what it would be. Either a a punishment for completely automating uh, your workers or making it extremely taxable. Like, if you have some sort of uh, tax on every... Every job that you replace with a robot, uh, your taxes go up, or you get tax incentives for actually employing humans. Can't believe I'm saying that, but 
It's a possibility. It's one of the only ways that the government can actually make any change through these, you know, yeah. with, with the corporations. Yeah. you got to hit them in the purse. Yeah, or, you know, you have some sort of universal income. Uh, you have a minimum income Which for is, everybody. That's yeah. what Elon Musk uh, says is going to happen in 50 years. He already, I mean, he's he's thrown that out there, and Elon Musk knows because he's almost got a spaceship to space. <laughs> he's almost got it. I mean, I don't really see any other, I don't really see any other uh, option here. Uh, yeah. If you you know if people don't have jobs, then are are they just going to starve? You know, are there going to start to be resource wars? I mean, what's what's going to happen if we don't have jobs for people out there? I don't know. All I know is Tina Turner is going to invent a thunderdome, and Ooh. there's just going to be a lot of live death matches. Oh yeah, people are going to get fed to pigs left and right. Oh my god. <laughs> well, speaking of done. the speaking of the environment, uh, to your point, Marcus, uh, you know I am playing a bit of a devil's advocate role in that. I, I do think pollution is a very serious issue, and we'll have to keep an eye on who Donald Trump does appoint uh, to be in charge of the EPA. But I also think there's a lot of corruption within the EPA, and uh, people also have to pay attention to that. Um, the uh, Dakota pipeline, the Dakota Ac- uh, Access pipeline, uh, the protesters, the the Sioux Nation in South Dakota, they got a small victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been stopped. Ninety five percent of this pipeline is done. Uh, it's just this final five percent of the pipeline uh, that the company wants to get through. And now uh, the um, army uh, has said um, that they won't be able to do it. They did not approve mm-hmm. uh, for them to do it. However, it is you know f- so it is a good victory for them. Um, Barack Obama has said he did, you know, he has not been uh, nearly truthful with the American people when it comes to his support of of big oil and things like that, specifically with the Keystone Pipeline and other things. Um, and he was going to approve it. But I think what he did was uh, politically he understood that it would look bad for him to approve the Dakota Pipeline, and he just put it on Trump's lap. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a small victory right now. I think it's a symbolic victory, to say the least, because uh, Donald Trump is simply going to approve it. Yeah. And, and you can argue, like, okay— that's so nice that Obama didn't approve it or whatever. But to some degree, I think there's a bit of hypocrisy um, knowing that Donald Trump will be approving it to just sort of wash his hands of it and force Donald Trump to dip his palms in blood. But at the same time, um, Donald Trump is going to enjoy it. He's probably going to lick it off. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to do what I did every time I went to a Ponderosa and got the soft uh, soft serve ice cream and I would spill a little bit on my hands just so I could feel like a panda bear. <laughs> But it is a little bit hypocritical, though. So, but it is a small victory for people who are opposing the uh, the uh, the pipeline there. But again, it's ninety five percent done. I mean, there's two hundred and fifty million miles of pipelines throughout this entire country. But uh, I am happy for the Sioux people because you don't feel. They don't get a lot of victories in their life. And uh, in in reality, the funny thing is, it's not even really going through Sioux land, but the Sioux's claim that the water that runs through is theirs. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, going through the Mississippi River, obviously, I think it does. And there would be millions of people. If there was an oil spill at that specific point uh, in the pipeline, it would affect millions and millions of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the Mississippi River, obviously, it flows no matter what's what's going through it. Yeah. And so, if we have uh, people in there, in the, like someone like Mary Phelan, uh, who is uh, from Oklahoma. Yep. I mean, this woman is all about oil and gas drilling. Do it anywhere. Do it everywhere. Do it whenever you want, however you want. Uh, if all of these uh, the protections start getting rolled back, if they pretty much deregulate absolutely everything, you're going to be seeing that 
a lot. You're going to be seeing a lot of reservoirs poisoned. You're going to be seeing a lot of people's drinking water uh, being rendered completely and totally unusable. You're going to see Flint, Michigan all over the country. And we already do have Flint, Michigan all over the country. Flint is just the one that makes the most um, you know, news. That, that's that been happening to people and to uh, communities all over this nation for quite a while, and it's completely under the radar because news isn't covering it whatsoever. And that's one other thing I wanted to talk about today um, was the irony of CNN. We talked a lot about fake news on the last episode and the episode previous. CNN is now taking on the fake news stories. Uh, we had the situation that happened at Comet Pizza. Mm-hmm. Did we just... Uh, we did, haven't talked about Pizzagate at all. A lot okay. of people are asking us to talk about it. A lot of people have been tweeting at us. Yeah. Uh, it's bullshit, people. Come on. It's nothing. It, it is absolute and total horseshit. Well, just to be devil's advocate, <laughs> I ordered a large pizza from Comet Pizza. It came with a child on top. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even want this kid. You know, it was. Yeah. It turned into a really Comet, funny. And then in true Comet Pizza style, you called up the delivery man. The delivery man came, just slit the child's throat, and yep. threw it in the garbage. That's a topping. <laughs> you know, that's a topping that nobody wants. Yeah, I mean, if nobody knows, you know, there's, there's a people saying that this pizzeria in Washington D.C. is a child pedophile ring front that is uh, funded by the Clintons, and John Podesta is involved in there somewhere. Uh, and just yes. a couple of days ago. Uh, a man from North Carolina traveled up to Washington, D.C. with a shotgun to see, quote, what was going on. Right, and he did not uh, figure it out. No, because there's nothing going on but pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That is something going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's pizza. It's just just pizza. Uh, Anyway, so yes, so that was a situation where fake news had real-world ramifications. As we talked about, there's that great documentary, um, uh, We Are Legion. It's called Anonymous We Are Legion, and we talked about in a few episodes ago regarding 4chan and mm-hmm. how that had real life ramifications to the people who started off as a, it started off as a joke online and it actually uh, became a reality. Um, fake news is 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 an issue, but it seems funny to me. I was watching CNN the other day and today. I watch it every day now. Yeah, you do. I I, do, I, I'm, I sit on my exercise. Does uh, Pumps have CNN on all Pumps the time? Pumps doesn't. <laughs> no, Pumps likes Pumps to, is a local strip club. They play whacked out sports. <laughs> They, they love that show, Whacked Out Sports. I've never been to Pumps, but had I ever gone, I would know they play Whacked Out Sports. And they laugh. Like, it's really well written. And uh, that kind of scares me a little bit. But anyway, I was watching CNN sitting on my exercise bike. I don't pedal it. I don't want to break it. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, I want to be sensitive. And they're discussing fake news. Mm-hmm. And it did strike me as, as strange. When CNN and television news in general is a massive... Uh, they are at fault for disseminating immense amounts of fake news, specifically when it comes to the lead-up of the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. All of that was fake news. The WMB, uh, WMD's Hans Blick is over there checking everything out uh, in 2001, 2002, 2003. It, that entire the, – the news media was so complicit in uh, having us go over and invade the nation of Iraq and attempt to nation-build, which is something that uh, W promised not to do when he was debating Al Gore. I think Jim Lehrer was the um, was the moderator. Did a great job. It's a great debate. If you get a chance to go watch it, it's on YouTube. Um, but they are all complicit. So the fact that CNN wants to take on fake news, 
you know what? You don't hold it doesn't hold a lot of water with me when they're complaining about social media and and other things when they are complicit in the one of the worst foreign policy decisions in this nation's history. I mean, do you remember that? It was nothing but graphics, exciting uh, moments of of just pure unadulterated nationalism and joy. The lead up to the Iraq War, they got everybody biting that hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, it was boner fuel. It was boner fuel to say the least. Yeah, you don't even need Samurai X, uh, which you can get at any <laughs> local deli here in New York City. So it does bother me a little bit when these when these massive news corporations, you know, sponsored by Northrop Grumman, which is a huge uh, company that creates the vast majority of weapons that the military uses to go explode people overseas. I mean, it, it is a hypocritical uh, situation. Uh, they are they are the the definition of hypocrisy is CNN and any of these television news sources uh, talking about how fake news has swayed the election towards Donald Trump. When in reality, we know for a fact Donna Brazil the, the, and the same thing is happening on the right. Donna Brazil, of course. Former um, uh, talking head on CNN then became the head of the DNC after Debbie Washington Schultz was ousted because it was made obvious that they completely derailed and screwed over Bernie Sanders. And on the right, we have a situation where uh, Katie McFarland, who is someone that I actually know, she's very sweet, but she's going to go work over with the Trump administration. John Bolton was, uh, you know, talking head on CNN, uh, on Fox News. He he's up uh, possibly for Secretary of State. I don't think he'll get it, but it does bother me a little bit to watch these television news channels try to pretend to be holier than thou when when talking about fake news. Oh, they're the masters when, at it. They are the masters like, they at are, it. I mean, really, I think that the gigantic networks, I think they're just mad because there's amateurs getting in on the game now when forever sure. all it was was professionals. Absolutely. You know, they're really, I mean, because I think all the amateur fake news sets are really fucking up the game of the big boys. Uh, well, they're just, they're telling the wrong lie. Yeah. CNN yeah. tells the right lie. Ex- Fox News tells the right lie. Exactly. I mean, those are, the, those are the manipulator organs. Like, those, those are the people that push us into the decisions that make people money uh, and fake news it's like they're making those people are making money but it's DIY making money because right. a lot of those fake news people uh, they are in it for the money some of those people make a damn good uh, living oh, doing yeah. that putting that bullshit out the ad money that they make there's a lot of money to be made out there uh, and there was I remember there was a, a, a article I think in the New York Times or the Washington Post with one of the guys that runs one of the biggest fake news sites uh, and he was beside himself thinking like, oh, I think I may have gotten Trump elected or I may have helped get Donald Trump elected. Right. Uh, and they asked him, like, okay, well, you know, are you going to take the site down? He's like, oh, God, no, this is my livelihood. He's like, this is my job. This, mm-hmm. I, you know, this is my only job. I make good money doing this. Of course I'm not going to take it down. Of course I'm not. I mean, and he's like, I'm actually worried about these new rules that they're putting out about pulling advertising dollars. He's like, my, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have a job anymore. Right. And, you know, it is interesting. There is a, I, there is Dan Abrams. He is the uh, the head of Mediaite, which I actually think is a great website. Mediaite. I like it. Yeah, um, I know my, my friend Joe Concha works over there. We have a, we know a lot of people who work over there, and I think it's a good site. They try to be um, they try to be reasonable and they try to tell the truth the best mm-hmm. that, that it's uh, that's humanly possible. Dan Abrams, he was talking about this new phenomenon, and I thought this was interesting about how you throw a fake news story out there, and it's on us. To decide if it's true or not. It's it, the story itself. We have to prove that it's false. Yeah. As opposed to having to agree that it's true. We have to like, it's a, it's this sort of bizarre backwards thinking. We, you know, it's, it's sort of, um, 
you know, uh, deconstructing reality in, in kind of a warped way where they throw out a fake story and we have to prove that it's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to do because then by definition, you have to sort of, you know, prove the negative. You have to, uh, you know, it's the same thing as just calling somebody a racist. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, next thing you know, I have to say, I, it's what happened to uh, O'Donnell. The uh, the uh, the old uh, she was 2012. Christine O'Donnell. Christine O'Donnell. You're a witch. I am not a witch. <laughs> they called her a witch. I am not a witch. I think she's a witch. <laughs> it's possible now she's a witch. Yeah. I call you a racist. Now you have to say I am not a racist. Uh, these are the reasons why. It's the same. And but now of course you just had to in a strange way admit that you're a racist or at least accused of being such. Yeah. You have to defend you have to, yourself. You have, well, you have to entertain the possibility that you are a racist. It, it, Just like Christine O'Donnell had to entertain <laughs> right. the possibility that she, in the public eye, the public right. eye entertained the possibility that she was a witch. And that's not a great starting position if you want to seek public office. Be like, is she a witch? Yeah, you can't start at witch. That's the tough one. I mean, I'd vote for her, but Although, I mean, she was she was bonkers. But. I don't know. I could start at Warlock, and I think do pretty good. Yeah, Warlock's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> we have one one in the office now, uh, or soon to be. And well, actually, Obama's a little bit of a warlock himself. Mm-hmm. He's got a very nice, pleasant demeanor, but behind the scenes. He's ordering from Comet Pizza, getting kids <laughs> delivered to the White House. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't know if it's true or not, but prove me wrong. <laughs> and that's all that's happening. And that's all. That's, that's all. That people just throw it out there, prove me wrong. Prove and me then wrong. they walk away peacocking. Well, you just sit there and be like, I, you, you, now I have to, you know, deconstruct this bizarre argument, this bizarre story. And the truth is just lost. It, it's just It's just wasted time trying to figure out if this total buffoonery is true or false, we know the majority of this stuff is false. Yeah, and it, and that's what uh, they say. Prove me wrong. Uh, and in most of this stuff, it's impossible. And they don't have to prove themselves right. Exactly. And that's the onus now is on us to prove them wrong as opposed to them proving themselves to be correct and right. And there's something very dangerous about that. There's something extremely dangerous about that. I mean, because most of the time, you can't prove that they're wrong. How do you prove that they're wrong? What? Because it's not only right. it's make-believe, but not only that, but those people... People, usually they move the goalposts a lot. You know, when, oh, sure. you, when they have it, they make these outrageous claims and you'll prove to them it's like, oh, okay, yeah, now this is this is why this is wrong. And they say, oh, but what about this? And then they'll keep moving the goalposts further and further and further. Uh, and they'll just argue with you uh, until you don't, until you just give up and say like, all right, fine, believe whatever you want. And I then mean, they see that as a victory. They see you giving up as a victory. Exactly. I mean, Alex Jones, a man who received a phone call from Donald Trump thanking him uh, for helping getting him elected, has videos online that we play at our last podcast on the Left Live show, a satire show about talking uh, d- talking about how uh, there's plastic in juice boxes that makes kids gay. Yes. I mean, and that is just that man got a phone call from the president. Mm-hmm. That's the world that we're living in now. And even if he gets one thing right, if he gets 10% right of everything that he says, you know, he pats himself on the back as if he's like the world's greatest sage. But what they're throwing out there, they just throw everything out on the wall. If anything sticks, then they just promise, you know, they, they wear that on their head like a uh, like a soldier, um, you know, wearing, uh, you know, whatever, the, the, the scalp of his enemy. <laughs> and they're like, look, we did such good things. But it's uh, it, it, it really is an interesting uh, world. But it does bother me when the television news uh, networks, um, and I go on television news on a regular basis, but the idea that they are somehow against fake news is is totally laughable, and no one should... uh, I I firmly believe, and this is a little bit conspiratorial, but I really do believe this is their 
their last ditch efforts or another effort to shut down the internet, which is something that Donald Trump has said he might want to do or look into. And I think that's extremely dangerous. Despite all the fake news, despite all the nonsense that happens on the internet, it has to exist the way that it is, and it's on us to correct it. It's on us to correct it and to support independent news sites that do actually uh, have solid reporting. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Uh, well, but I mean, Mediaite, it, Mediaite is very good. Uh, we got I, Snopes. I like. Well, Snopes uh, is uh, supposedly not a very good source. Snopes is one of those that uh, sometimes gets lumped in with uh, the fake news, Snopes. or at the very least, very slanted. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, a lot of people say that Snopes is uh, an untrustworthy source. They put an S at the beginning and the end of nope. <laughs> so I don't think that that's true, Marcus. Yeah. Snopes. <laughs> Politico, Politico is fairly good. Yeah. I mean, they're The all- Hill, I really enjoy The Hill. Sure. The Hill is just fine. Uh, Joe Biden, by the way, The Hill did just publish a story. Joe Biden said he's going to run in 2020, and, and part of me just kind of cringed. It's like, we're done, Joe. Like, I, I have no problem with Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's God knows he's been through a lot, and I think he's been a fine leader, uh, you know, for the people um, that he's served. But 2020, I just don't want to see Joe Biden on the presidential stage for the Democrats. Yeah. I, I want somebody new. We have to. He's going to be 70-whatever years old. Yeah, but Who? Anybody else <laughs> just have a primary where a bunch of people get together and spout their insane ideas and we'll just choose from that. Come on. You don't want to start. I want. Please, let's start speculating about 2020 before the next president is we even sworn in. Let's start speculating right now. Let's <laughs> fucking get this horse race started, brother. Let's fucking do it. Come that's, on, man. That's I think our jo- job. I think Joe Biden is the perfect choice because by the time the <laughs> Donald Trump presidency is four years in and people see how fucking awful everything uh, is, they're going to have nostalgia for the Obama years when everything was just shitty. So I say Joe yep. Biden is the perfect choice for 2020. Joe Biden loves Comet pizza. <laughs> Everybody knows it. <laughs> So anyway, uh, that's yeah. There's just a bit of an update for this week. Yeah. So Ben Carson is the new HUD. Uh, Donald Trump is continuing to uh, uh, anger people on both sides. I personally have no problem with him meeting with Al Gore. I think that's very. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's no. Um, he should meet with Al Gore. I, I don't know. I don't know that would. I don't know why anybody. I don't know why someone meeting with uh, Trump is considered bad on the left. Like we should shut him out or something. No, no. you talk. To, I mean, you talk to him. It, it, it's. It's madness because those are the same. Well, but those are the same people that have been calling the Republicans crybabies for refusing to meet with Obama for eight years. Sure, you know, saying that's not how democracy works. That's not how it's said. They're just acting like a bunch of babies. No, motherfucker. If you're if you're saying that that's not the way to do it, then it's time to do it the way that you always said it should be done. Get off your ass and actually do it right. Now you're yelling at everybody. (laughs) Isn't that unbelievable? Um, um, I'm more mad at my side than I am at the other one. I don't even know why you're picking sides, buddy. They're all a bunch of <laughs> lunatics, a bunch of maniacs out there. Um, let's see. And there was one more thing, but I, I anyway, we'll get to it on the next episode. There's a lot more things uh, to talk about. So thanks so much for listening. And we got some big changes happening. We got some T-shirts coming up here really soon. Yeah. And I absolutely cannot wait for that. Uh, find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks on Instagram at Marcus Parks and join the Facebook page Ablingen's Top Hat. It's a, it's a, always a good time. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel and Instagram at Ben Kissel One. And I'm learning how to use it because, like I said in the last episode, Marcus is. He's teaching me tricks. Not tricks. I just showed you how to use it. The buttons. <laughs> that one button makes you. It makes the picture go. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun? It's wild. Think of it like the tweet button. Huh. Yeah. Look same at that. same principle. I love to tweet. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes.